right. Bring it all back. Bring Bring it all all back back now. Don't stop, never give up. Isn't that that song? It's Ice Club. I just repeated a a lyric I heard. I didn't know what song it came from. (laughs) 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 All right. All right, here we go. Okay. to the season finale of Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Dana, what are we talking about in this finale episode? We're in part two of our season finale, and today we're getting deep into the U.S. chart and the transits of Pluto um, and on our way to the Pluto return. And what that could mean for the next generations, um, so buckle up. Yes, when we last left off last week, We were talking about the Pluto returns of countries like England and Russia and showing how their Pluto returns signaled a big shift in power dynamics within the government and society. But before we get real deep into all things Pluto as it relates to the U.S., let's learn a bit more about the U.S. birth chart. So far, we know the U.S. has a Cancer Sun, an Aquarius Moon, and a Sagittarius Rising as its big three. And Cancer means the country is tenacious and values home. Aquarius Moon means we're overall pretty socially minded and progressive. And Sagittarius Rising is a focus on beliefs. But what else does America have going on in its chart? Okay, so just a reminder, um, in mundane astrology, which is the astrology of the world and events, uh, houses and signs like rule different things and this like everything kind of pertains to a more global sensibility. America has a cancer stellium in the eighth house. Um, a stellium is where you have at least three planets in a single sign and that makes you embody those characteristics even more. Right. Um, I have a Gemini stellium, so Sarah and I... Oh, my God. That makes <laughs> yeah. a lot of sense. So the eighth house in America, or in mundane astrology, is death rate, debt due from foreign governments and uh, foreign interests, taxes, insurance, the president's cabinet. So having the sun here is like political ideals, um, bosses, the ruling class, and again, our president, that's the, what the sun is in mundane astrology. It's interesting that the sun, which rules political ideals, is in the eighth house, which rules taxes, because... Literally, taxes was the entire reason the U.S. separated from England, basically. So definitely, yeah. Very much like it's not hard to understand that a country like people will kind of like project their deepest sort of like reasons for doing things onto other people, you know? So like besides our sun, we also have Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, and the part of fortune here. I don't necessarily include the part of fortune in terms of having a stellium, but it's on an extremely um, like major point. So I'm keeping it. Um, <laughs> cancer is land, agriculture, farms, and like, the descent. Um, Mercury is science, the press, and like the national collective mindset. Venus is values, art, and like socialites. So having Venus in the eighth and any chart also in, includes a talent for getting money from outside sources. So if you guys have Venus in your eighth, start like asking people for money. Um, <laughs> Jupiter is religion, <laughs> commerce, and capitalism. So the USA is Mercury, which is science and the press. Venus, our values and money, and Jupiter, which is religion and capitalism, all in Cancer, which basically means like we all think we have these similar goals, but none of us could really agree for how we actually reach them. Right. And so then we all have Pluto in the second and Pluto is like dealings uh, hidden from the public, which is to say like it's not, you know, like how a husband and wife have sex in private. It's more like um things that are kept from the public because they're illegal or like you're protecting the people who are dealing with them for their safety. Um, Stocks and shares, death, decay, regeneration. And like, it's kind of like the big before and after, like any Instagram that has before and after pictures of Bella Hadid, that's a Pluto vibe. Uh, (laughs) 
extremism. It takes one side, <laughs> extreme good or extreme bad, and it takes it to the limit. Um, potentially, it also could include like great wealth. And it's like just influence from invisible forces, which include like psychics, psychosis and or spies. Um, and the second is like it's the house of uh, wealth and prosperity, national treasury, banks and bonds and financial transactions. Um, having Capricorn here, that's heads of state, government structures and national prestige. So the second and eighth house polarity deals with money and values. And the U.S. has an extreme concentration of energy within these two uh, houses. Yeah. And I think the opposition between the second house and the eighth house is so interesting because money and this like ideal of freedom for all is kind of what the US is based on. It's our brand. It's like how the world knows us. But I think this also shows how at odds those ideas are like, and it's honestly in the chart. Capitalism is this competition. Like that's what we believe breeds the best businesses and gets you the most money. Like it needs competition. But when you're in competition, like not everything can be fair. So when your power in society is based on how much money you have, then there's bound to be equal, like inequality from that. So there's, you know, it's right. kind of very I mean, interesting. And when you really get down to equality, like there's so much, it's like the difference between being like equal and being fair is just really hard to, for people to agree on. But I mean, basically capitalism is both our foundation and our downfall and like it's, not, it's like God and Satan, which sounds so corny, but like it's also <laughs> kind of like the religion of America. Yeah. And so here the U.S. has Pluto in Capricorn in the second house, which means that all the power in society rests within capitalism. And that's what all of our values, government and societal structures are based upon. Mm-hmm. So again, moving on to the moon in Aquarius, um, that's in America's third house. And Aquarius is the local government, Congress and like the dissent. Um, it can also be associated with like uh, traditionally Republican ideals, which is kind of like a smaller government um, and more freedom. Uh, the moon is family, home, commodities, the common people, and it can also show up with women, but not like a focus on women, I guess. And the third house is like ground transportation. It's your phone, uh, the websites you visit on a daily basis. It's media, press, the collective. Um, but we're also at like the whim of the media. So like ultimately being comfortable or most comfortable in our neighborhoods, like also I kind of think it's like clout culture. Um, and so finally we have the Sagittarius ascendant, which is extremely fitting because Sagittarius is law, religion, and philosophy and beliefs. And the first, um, house is American people, like our disposition and our domestic interests and like the prosperity of people on, on like the whole. So this is really like, it's a hopeful vibe, but it can also be naive. And we lead with like religion. So separating church from state is difficult. It also almost makes sense that it had to be included, um, as an idea, like, We've, we've made law the religion, and also we make religion the law. And in addition to that, our rising sign, our Sag Ascendant, other key points in the U.S. chart are our moon in Aquarius and the third house, which is that we all want freedom. But our ideas of what freedom is kind of change based on whatever the media is telling us it is. And then also, like I just said, like we have our Sagittarius rising, which makes us very dogmatic and idealistic and explains why church and state are said to be separated, but really don't see that seem that separate (laughs) yeah yeah no matter how hard we fucking try we can't get rid of those two things um so now that we know more than we thought we'd ever need to know about america let's let's get back into pluto so if you missed last week's episode definitely go back and give it a listen because we talk pretty in depth about it um but let's quickly recap this sort of like mystery planet 
So Pluto is the most slow moving planet in the solar system and its effects play out over the course of many years. It relates to transformative experiences like death and rebirth or events that bring hidden information to light. God, I love it. Okay, so the U.S. has Pluto in Capricorn, and Pluto in Capricorn relates to the breakdown of structures. In early degrees, like this might include political and corporate structures tend to gain power. And then the middle degrees, they're met with like suspicion from the populace and beginning stages of resistance. Um, and then in the final degrees of a Pluto return involves like chaos and revolution. Um, the Capricorn is the law and order, and Pluto regenerates or revolutionizes existing structures. Pluto is a planet of extreme change and transformation, and the United States has their Pluto in Capricorn. And Capricorn, just to reiterate, has, uh, rules political and corporate structures. So Pluto in Capricorn really creates energy that changes governments, power dynamics. And Pluto is a very slow-moving planet. So I guess my question is, does it affect us throughout other years, or is its presence only felt during the return? Oh, it totally affects us. Um, Pluto <laughs> aspects in the charter, Pluto transits, like they create a dynamic of extreme power and control that must be hone, honed. Um, and so lacking diligence with this or like kind of not realizing it will result in compulsive behavior, um, just like determination to achieve some objective, like and also being like unaware of this or kind of like in denial of your own compulsion or of, you know, a party's own compulsion, whatever the people's America has Pluto opposite Mercury. So there's a tendency to become obsessed with like ideas and try relentlessly to impress them upon others, believing like that you have the, like the best intentions in mind. I mean, or ne not necessarily like it's also kind of be like, you know, the mob um, Pluto is the mob. Um, and so the balance aspect would be able to like balance inherent power with like and mental condition in order to understand the nuance of all situations, um, which I'm trying to do every day. Uh -huh. And we also have Pluto opposite the part of fortune. So this kind of just creates like a sensitive pull. Like whenever something hits Pluto, um, exactly, it's going to affect America. We found through our research that transiting Pluto, interacting with planets in the U.S. chart throughout history tend to result in these really big societal shifting moments in the United States. Right. And obviously this is a, you know, a, just a, one podcast. So we can't go through all of them, but we do want to call out um, some to show how the energy of a Pluto aspect really can manifest. Let's start off with one of the first times the U.S. felt a Pluto aspect, and that was in April 1819. Um, and then shortly after this, in 1824, we had a really, really sus election. <laughs> yeah. Um, and up to the uh, 1824 election, the Democratic-Republican Party, which was just one party, um, <laughs> had won six consecutive presidential elections leading up to that point, And it was the only national political party. So this election was really the advent of the modern two-party system we sort of know today. Yes. And this will be like the longest story ever short. But huh? during this election, there were four people running for president. And the two that really matter right now to us are John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson, both names we're all pretty familiar with because hashtag history. Um, but none of the four candidates won a majority in the Electoral College. So basically the U.S. and like when this happens, it defaults to the House of Representatives. Um, so the U.S. House of Representatives had to pick who would win. And one of the guys who was running for president out of the four, he was kind of pushed out and they just had to look at the top three people to pick from. 
And this guy that got pushed out, his name was Representative Henry Clay. So he was kind of bitter. He didn't really like align with any of that many of the other candidates. So he started going around to states that technically should have cast a vote for Jackson because he had won a majority in their state. So you would think he would have gotten a vote for them. But this guy, Clay, went around and kind of encouraged slash, you know, persuaded these states to cast a vote for Adams and kind of go a different way. Um, So though Jackson originally had the majority of the electoral and popular votes compared to the rest of the candidates, and especially in these states, because this guy kind of got them to change their minds and vote a different way, Adams ended up winning the election. Yeah, and a lot of people thought this was very shady because Clay, the guy who lobbied for all the states to vote for Adams, he eventually became Secretary of State under Adams. So definitely people thought that there was some corruption going on there. Yeah, shady as fuck, but also yeah, politics. This is, like, <laughs> as disturbing as it is, it's just almost satisfying to, like, kind of reflect on how much of, like, this right, is like, this has always been, This has always been going on. Yeah, so, yeah, like, like, corruption is not a new thing. Just a quilt of what's happening yeah. now. Um, <laughs> the summer of 1823 to 1824, America was having its Jupiter return in Cancer. And Jupiter uh, spends one year in each planet. So it's a 12 or one year in each sign, making it a 12 year cycle. So this is um, an important return for people and countries. Um, And Jupiter returns are usually an auspicious time, depending on how Jupiter is placed in your chart and depending on the rest of the astrology that's going on or the rest of like the planets in the sky. So, but I mean, people look forward to them. It's a time of resetting goals and achieving things that you've said before. At this time, at the same time, um, Saturn moved into Gemini. The same week that Jupiter moved into Leo, Saturn moved into Gemini. Um, and the USA has Gemini in the seventh house. The seventh house in mundane astrology signifies open enemies, and Saturn is a restriction. Uh, planet in Gemini also often duplicates like options or ideas relating to the energy of that planet. And so in charts of contest, a retrograde planet in Gemini might favor like a runner-up um, and so when I think of Gemini, I'm thinking of something doubles, but then at the same time, like I think, okay, like something's doubling. That's kind of like, that's a lot. There's, you know, either like an additional opponent or an additional option, but here Saturn kind of reduced the party system at the same time of doubling it um, to two parties, which is a little bit of a mind bend, but not that hard if you're smart. Um, and so <laughs> this is just like the most out like party, the party system, the American party system is the most outright form of open enemies I can think of. Like I just accept my open enemies who are, you know, opposing me and ideas or ideologies. <laughs> right. So this in and of itself showed a shift in power and political identity to help reveal some of the sort of like shadier happenings and political corruption of this very new country at the time. And since Gemini, like Dana mentioned, is known for duplicating things, this makes sense that it started the two party system of Democrats and Republicans that we now have today. And so one of the next, um, aspects in the Pluto cycle was the Pluto square. A square is a 90 degree um, aspect. So this is Pluto squaring itself. Squares are um, aspects of conflict, tension, impulsiveness, and like just restless behavior. And this was a, uh, this like entered orb in June of 1847. Um, And so this just creates like a power struggle for sure. The Pluto square is extreme as hell. Squares are just like like they're motivating. And so if you see someone who has a ton of squares in their chart, like they're probably maybe polarizing, but I'm sure that they're like successful in achieving whatever goals they set for themselves. Um, they also probably have like hardships in their life and they reveal where you're in competition with yourself mostly, which like isn't necessarily helpful or healthy if you're not aware of it. 
And also at this time, Pluto like then entered Taurus, which is in the USA sixth house. Taurus is like the economy. Um, and the sixth house literally is slaves. Uh, it doesn't always come up that way anymore because of how society has changed. But it, like in traditional astrology, the sixth house is slaves and um, also public health, military and civil servants. Also at this time, um, we have another cycle, the Uranus return. Uh, Uranus is on, uh, spends like eight years in each planet. And so this is the first time since this, uh, the Revolutionary War that Uranus was in Gemini. Uranus is riots, revolution, uh, free market enterprise, individualisms and separatism, um, technology and scientific advances. Yeah. And Pluto and Taurus means we're going to see a shift in power dynamics within the economy. And that Uranus return, which honestly is, I think, the spookiest thing to me. Um, That means Uranus is returning to the same sign it was when the U.S. was founded. So this vibe during this time is going to be very like, like revolution feeling, very like stand up and fight. And that should be really no surprise for what happened. Like the Civil War began like a little bit after this aspect happened. And it kind of makes sense because Pluto, opposite Pluto, like fighting yourself, it literally was Americans fighting Americans. Another aspect in this case, Uranus creates the spark, just like lights the fire that sets everything else in motion. Yes. And when I was learning about Pluto, um, I kind of thought of this weird analogy, but I see Pluto as almost like setting a table. Like they put all, like Pluto puts all the plates out, like the settings, the tablecloth, and then it just kind of waits for someone to like sit down and like eat and have dinner. So it's like just waiting. Like they're like, this is the energy set. We're going to wait. And normally it's like an aspect or a planet that. that comes. And that's like what sets that energy into motion. So all of these things were happening during the Civil War, which that's like honestly what this aspect that Dana was just talking about is tied to. But basically the northern states and southern states were fighting against each other over a bunch of disagreements over social, economic and political topics. The north, the north, the north, the north, the north ended up winning. And one of the key things that happened was the ending of slavery. The North is like so South Park. <laughs> the North. Yes. Obviously, when the slaves earned their freedom, this changed the power structure in society. But the Civil War also gave the federal government more control. And after all, this was some states wanting to do their own thing and leave the government. And the government was like, ha you're not going anywhere. And so here again, we're seeing these big changes in society and power. Right. And so we're not like trying to gloss over slavery, but it's also kind of important to understand that like we kind of think of the civil war in sort of like a context of like freeing the slaves, but a lot of it for Americans at that time was about the economy and um, just, you know, that's a fact. And so like another big thing that Pluto ushers in are extremes. It can be extreme benevolence or extreme malevolence. People might not be able to discern the difference between these two um, at the time. And people might justify everything they do or moralize everything or, you know, cancel each other instead of explaining things kindly or agreeing to disagree everything feels dire and like a mission that you were like sent on and people are unable to see like their accomplishments or destruction really until it's over and that's how we get bullshit days like you know or bullshit things like the days of contrition we heard about from our episode of the Salem Witch Trials so the first example of this kind of like extreme pendulum swing and ideology brought on by Pluto is the Haymarket Riot Um, So in the later 1880s, the U.S. was having a huge industrial and economic boom. 
and everyone was just getting that paper. But some people, known as robber barons, were willing to do really shady shit to make money. Yeah, and robber barons were very successful industrialists who engaged in business practices considered to be ruthless, unethical, and sometimes just like downright unsafe. But because capitalism, they were left unchecked. Like, we were the best in the country, like the world at this point. So eventually, the people who worked for these industrialists started to organize because they were like, what the hell? Like, there's a seven-year-old literally standing in cow's blood all day, 16 hours a day at a meatpacking plant, and that's not okay. So people started <laughs> striking. The whole time. Yeah, they were smoking <laughs> a cigarette probably drinking beer, but whatever. They were working 20 hours a day for five cents an hour. And then one day at a rally in Chicago, police tried to break it up and someone threw a stick of dynamite, which like very high key moment. And it killed a bunch of police officers and then mayhem ensued. Yikes. Okay, so this is during the Pluto Trine, which is a 120 degrees aspect. And this began in June of 1879. Uh, Trines are... If you have trines in your chart, it's almost like a talent that you have that you might take for granted. It's an ease, an, an aspect of ease, but also like an aspect of like, a you know, the mob, I guess, a Pluto trine Pluto. So Pluto and Capricorn trine Pluto and Taurus. This is like the government and the head of states compromises on the economy. Pluto is finishing its tour of the sixth house, which includes trade unions. Um, and Uranus and Virgo it is transiting the 10th house. Um and so Virgo is working classes, left-wing organizations, and public health, and the 10th is public employment employment rate. <clears throat> so this transit between Pluto in Capricorn and Pluto in Taurus heavily focuses on the government making compromises for the sake of the economy. And Pluto is moving through the sixth house, which in this case um, reflects trade unions. And so Uranus, the planet of change, is also moving through Virgo, which represents the working class. So the government really clamped down at this time, and a bunch of the men that were part of the labor unions were kind of used as scapegoats and executed, which, like, real dark. So many people blamed the violence on organized labor, which then went into the shadows for a few years. At this time, we have this focus on getting money at whatever cost. Like, there's no sense of protection for workers so you could say that Pluto was in the favor of the robber barons during this time. And because as we often see throughout all of history, those with the money have the power. All hope was not lost for organized labor because a few decades later, we see a swing the other way with the election of my favorite president in a wheelchair, FTR. He was pretty tight. <laughs> who brought in the New Deal. So... After the Great Depression, everyone was pretty fucked. So FDR made this program that would help the economy and not make people feel depressed. Like that honestly was its goal. And this brought a lot of social programs that really helped out labor unions. Right. Because up until this point, it was extremely difficult for unions to organize. And the New Deal allowed unions to collectively bargain. And during this time, a bunch of legislative acts were created to help support unions and ensure the welfare of its workers. Okay, so at this point in the Pluto cycle, we're at the opposition, which is 180 degrees. Get out your protractors. This is a dawn of awareness, <laughs> a theme of objectivity and balance. And this um, like is ushered in, in August 8, 1935. Um, and so it just makes sense for this occur to occur after like all the decadence that occurred in the early 1900s. This is the Pluto opposition in Cancer in the 8th house. Remember, we have all these planets in the 8th house. And it's conjunct Mercury and the part of fortune, uh, which marks a halfway point in the cycle since signing the Declaration of Independence. Cancer 
land, housing, agriculture, farms, the minority in Congress. Uh, eighth is the death rate, nature of deaths, insurance, tariffs, taxes, pensions, presidents, and president's cabinet. I mean, um, and so being conjunctive part of fortune, uh, fortune is a sensitive point in the chart and it's calculated based on the positions of the moon and sun. Um, it, it deals with faded moments um, in a person. It has to do with our bodies or circumstances beyond our control. It's just things that happen to you. Um, and that's why it's called fate, because it's not maybe what you have chosen or it's not what you saw coming. Uh, conjunct Mercury. Mercury is like the press and the public mind. And so this changed how the government communicated with the public and how people communicated in general, in general about what they thought was possible in general. Um, Neptune at this time is also having the Neptune return. So it's interesting that these Pluto aspects occur during other like big planetary returns. I'm just going to say that this is in the 10th house. Neptune is socialism, political ideals and like psychic and woo woo people, which is interesting because this is around the time that uh, sun sign horoscopes were invented um, in America. Oh. Right. Crazy. Right. And so also this has to do with like the stock companies, which I don't know how to even talk about that because I have no idea what finance is. Um, and Virgo is left wing organizations and working classes in public health. So Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So there's a symbiotic relationship here with the Mercury Pluto conjunction. If you're like me, you're like, wow, that's like a lot of words coming at my ears and my <laughs> face. So to break it down a bit more. We have this Pluto transit here that marks the halfway point from signing the Declaration of Independence. So it's kind of a big deal. It's a halfway point. Then we also have Pluto conjunct a bunch of planets. One of them is Mercury, and that's going to reframe people's ideas, which at this time was helping people not think that all was lost. Like, remember, this is after the Great Depression when, like, literally people are probably, like, eating sand for fun. Like, there was that famous photo of that woman just, like, looking sad, like, eating, biting her nails because, like, she didn't know... <laughs> Was. They weren't eating their shoes. <laughs> yeah, they weren't eating shoes, but could have honestly been. It was big shoe eating energy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And then we also have Neptune in Virgo, which like Virgo represents the working class. And Neptune in Virgo is kind of to me like romanticizing the working class or like giving them a leg up. And that's exactly what was happening. This time we're seeing power in the workplace being shifted from industrious leaders to organized unions who now had power in numbers and could ask for fair treatment and higher pay. And we're seeing a restored faith in the government. The New Deal helped people believe that the government could help them when they needed it the most, which was after the Great Depression. And then another time we see this like really insane swing in ideology was with beginning with the McCarthy hearings. So the McCarthy hearings were a series of trials that accused government officials of being communist. And we mentioned McCarthyism during our Salem Witch Trials episode as another example of unchecked mania and finger pointing. <laughs> so keep in mind that during the time of the Cold War, this was seen as really, really bad to be communist. So this one guy, Senator McCarthy, freaked out one day and just started finger pointing, telling the world that all these people in the State Department were communists. So they had all these televised trials that dominated TV for months and months. That's like all you saw. And because it was televised, it was becoming clear that Senator McCarthy, who was the one doing all the interrogations in the trials, was honestly just like a real psycho and accusing people for the sake of accusing people without any real evidence because he was trying to make a name for himself and further his career. So eventually the whole thing was just dropped because they were like, oh, this is like not a real thing. OK, and so this like began in October 1954. Um, 
Pluto and Leo changes public identity, and it's transiting the ninth house, which deals with religion, preachers, radio, the law, and the high court. So basically anything or anywhere where people can express public opinions or beliefs in public. Um, this aspect of the Queen Kunks is kind of like when you see something out of the corner of your eye and you like freak out, like you twitch. I just did it. Um, and both energies are present. Uh, so like it's kind of like when things are out of the periphery, out of others' periphery, which is like induces paranoia. Um and so Pluto and Leo is opposite the USA Aquarius moon and the moon in the USA's third house is neighbor is, is also like neighbors and neighborhoods, local public opinions, um, telephones and the TV and the press. And so basically like seeing celebrities get blacklisted, like just induced panic and changed how Americans like communicated with each other in their own neighborhoods. Cause they just didn't know what was okay anymore. Yeah. And like cancel culture, I will say. <laughs> Dana always riding against cancel culture. So here Pluto is in Leo and that's changes to public identity. So this is focusing on how you express yourself in public. And then also this kind of transit going against the US moon is going to, you know, be directly against our values. Right. So uh, during this time, there was a lot of conformity and agreement, mainly because people did not want to step out of line and express their beliefs for fear of being accused as a communist which sort of stems from that Pluto and Leo opposite Aquarius. And it was very us versus them, um, the U.S. versus communism. Everyone sort of had this united front of ideology due to the fear of communists taking over. And everyone just believed like the government was the thing that could save us. Like this is like sounds so much like a religion. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's scary. It's creepy. Then shortly after that, things changed with the hippie movement of the 60s, which to me, I just think of like girls with their tits out at Woodstock but during this time, the Vietnam War started. Um, and also the U.S. was with this war trying to just stop the spread of communism. And it didn't really work out that well. But also during this time, we had the feminist movement and demonstrations for black civil rights. And so at this point in the Pluto cycle, it creates discord and frustration. And this began in October of 1962, which is the month my mother was born. So I guess I have this in my blood. Pluto and Uranus <laughs> in Virgo were transiting the 10th house, um, which planets in Virgo, again, are about public health, left-wing ideals. And the 10th is the government, public figures in power. And so there's like a mass rebellion um, and seeking to shed like the wholesome reputation. And Neptune in Scorpio was transiting the 12th. Um, and so Neptune, again, is socialism, escapism, idealism. And Scorpio was like death psychology and the mob and things kept secret. This suggests that like a lot more is going on behind the scenes and that like although hippies had super strong opinions, both the movement and the government were concealing like agendas. So Pluto and Aquarius and Virgo is a focus on ideas and rebellion. Neptune in Scorpio is a lot of idealism and escapism, which, you know, makes sense because drugs were like huge at this time because everyone was trying to escape. This Pluto aspect took us from a time of us against them and extreme trust in the government to like us against everyone. So there's this turbulence and protest and this general air of just being over it. Um, so there's this societal shift from conformity to nonconformity and trust in government to extreme disillusionment and mistrust in the government, which, you know, the Vietnam War was like real disillusionment and mistrust. So that kind of, you know, played a part in that. Basically, whenever Pluto interacts with our chart, there's going to be some sort of shift or change. Other things that happened when Pluto had an aspect with the U.S. were things like Plessy versus Ferguson, which established racial segregation and those separate but equal laws. Watergate, which made everyone very disillusioned even more than they were before. The Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky affair, which like jizz on the dress. 
the the September 11th attacks, and most recently, Pluto opposed the U.S. sun in the 2016 election. Ah, yes. The 2016 election, a time when we thought we would get our first female president, and instead, we got a reality show personality. So, like, I don't know if I even want to know what the chart during this time was like, but I feel like we have to let the people know. I mean, we have to let the people know because we need to know if we have any foreign listeners, like... (laughs) We this do. will just maybe explain even more to them that they already that they probably already know. Maybe it'll explain more to us than it will to them because they already know it. <laughs> so this is uh, Pluto opposite the USA Sun in mundane astrology. Again, the Sun is the president or the ruler of the nation, uh, head of state. Um, I'm not going to even explain it because you guys get it. Uh, transiting <laughs> Saturn um, is on the ascendant, and transiting Jupiter is on the USA Saturn. And so when the same transiting planet and natal planet are making like direct contacts, you can be sure that the theme of this planet will describe the situation in great detail. Saturn constricts and forces people to grow up. Maturity is rewarded. America elected a WWE personality um, and a reality star. And so like that really reflects America's personality and need to grow up. Like we have to learn how to grow up. Finally, Mars, the planet of war and opposition connected with American Pluto, uh, which adds a nice little sinister touch to an already daunting chart. Pluto opposite the USA sun is revealing how much power is actually held by the president. And the fact that it's being wielded so openly is making it extra jarring. And so transiting Saturn on our Sagittarius rising means we're going to have to learn some hard lessons about our ideals and grow up because, you know, we are a very young country still and we have a lot of growing up to do. And then Mars opposite our Pluto means that there's probably going to be some aggression to keep the power where it currently is. And now we have Donald Trump said media personality we referred to before. And he did make an appearance on WWE. I know. It's really funny. Speaking (laughs) of. He's just like a very, very polarizing human being as the 45th president. So let's talk about what his chart is like and who better to explain it than someone who also shares his big three. Hell Dana. yeah. The person behind the logistics of this podcast is the <laughs> big three is Donald Trump. So like me, Donald Trump has a Gemini sun, a Sagittarius moon, and a Leo rising. This generally describes someone who enjoys um, attention and is somewhat of like a boisterous clown. We have like really strong opinions and they change daily. And I covered a lot of this on the big th- of the big three on the episode, um, our first intro episode. So I really like if you want to know more about that, please go back and listen to it. Um because I really, really want to talk about the other details of his chart. Um, first of all, he was born in an eclipse. Yes, twinsies was John Bonet, but also I love that you're referring to you and Donald Trump as a we. Yeah. Um, that also is like oh, really, really jarring to me. So Trump was born on an eclipse, which suggests like extreme circumstances in life. And he has Mars and Leo conjunct his ascendant, which is like giving a boisterous clown some steroids. And so here uh, is the part that I find most interesting. He has Mercury, Saturn and Venus in Cancer in the 12th house. Mercury is his mental process and how he communicates. Saturn is restriction, rejection and his father. Um, and Venus is values, uh, love and how we want to receive attention or be admired by other other people it's how and where we want to be seen um in therapeutic terms of today and it's also money um the 12th house is the subconscious it can show psychic abilities or where we're ashamed um 
what we're ashamed of and how we're likely to self-destruct or come undone. It's also secrets. And having Venus here makes it unsurprising that his tax returns were like so elusive to get. Um, and transiting Mars retrograde uh, squared this placement on this day, on the day they were released. So it kind of, um, it pulled out like something that was hidden for so long. Yeah. And Trump has a stellium of Saturn, Mercury, and Venus in Cancer in the 12th house, which is going to give him some real like subconscious daddy issues the inability to express himself clearly, which obviously, <laughs> and he could probably have some binge problems, like potentially a secret vice. Potentially. And so compared to the uh, election chart, Trump was having his Jupiter return in 2016. And again, like I said, this happens every 12 years. It's generally an auspicious time. It's the kind of year you might run for an election for kicks and then end up winning. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because your Jupiter return is the resetting of the energy of your chart. So you're really having a moment, like really like middle fingers to the sky. Like this is your time. Yeah. So why not run for president? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm going to try for mine. Okay. So what's more interesting, um, I think, is his chart compared to the USA chart, which I could honestly do a whole episode about. But unfortunately, we don't have time. So please stay with me, friends. Trump's sun, south node, and Uranus are conjunct the USA Mars. So this is um, destiny, past life, and rebellious urges are conjunct like how America seeks power, which by the way, America having Mars in the seventh house kind of indicates that we try and seek power over our you know enemies. Uh, which makes sense in my opinion, but I'm also American. So this also really like this shines a big fat spotlight on how divided Americans have become because it just kind of shows like that now we've become our own enemies. Right. Um, and so Trump's part of fortune conjunct the USA moon basically suggests that he was fated to change the trajectory for the American people. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, his Saturn and Venus conjunct the USA fortune and opposite America's Pluto. This combination um, indicates like being forced to grow up and kind of change values because it's just like, but it also shows like where like that he was, I guess the one who needed to do it, which is really, again, maybe hard to, it's hard for me to like imagine like, Oh, this like funny WWE guy from the nineties is now like our, I don't know, dictator. <laughs> um, and then Trump's Pluto conjunct America's North node. This is like uncomfortable and confusing as hell. It's just like, he, he's here to change us all. Ugh. Uh, yeah. I hate that. So there's a lot of interaction happening here. But when you compare the relationship between Trump and the U.S., you could really read it as Trump was destined to change the American people and in a way force us as a country to kind of grow up and change or even reexamine our values. That's pointing as hell. But I know <laughs> what you're wondering. What will this election be like? Yikes. Yeah, I'm opening this can of worms yeah, here. I mean... Up. It's hard to call, and I've even watched uh, like other astrologers like talk about it, and one who I really trust also said it was hard to call. So Mercury will be retrograde, and it's stationing direct in Libra on that day. And the last time this happened was Election Day in 2000, which was the time that Al Gore won, and then like we got punked and got a recount. Um, oh my god! Yeah, that's this is the 2000 election was so fucked up. I mean, we were a little bit young when that happened, but like uh, Al Gore did not concede until December 12th. Not something we want to be hearing, but here Mercury retrograde, as it normally does, is going to have an effect on communication and technical problems. So probably don't expect an outcome on election day, but I feel like people already don't expect it. So. No surprise yeah. there. Um, so if there is an outcome, 
Maybe there's a chance that it also might change, which is also extra spoof. <laughs> we have Mars uh, retrograde in Aries opposite Venus and Mercury in Libra. Um, this is discord, it's loud opinions, high anxiety, wavering levels of energy, <laughs> fighting with people, basically just another day on Twitter. Um, and then it's squaring Jupiter, Pluto and Saturn, uh, which are all within a few degrees of each other in Capricorn. Um And so this is, again, like the anxiety that we've been feeling all year. It's just like, and now we're in like the fourth quarter of this year has been the most tense time. And it's all reflected in the astrology. So regardless of who wins, we're still heading toward a period where like these themes will persist. Right. And so we have a lot of transits here that are going to contribute to instability, loud opinions, fighting, anxiety. Woo! (laughs) Um, Gotta watch out for the Mercury retrograde though. So like really, like I know it's like a joke and a meme like we've mentioned, but like Really check your shit twice. If you're voting by mail, make sure you're double checking that you're using the right colored pen, filling in those goddamn circles, (laughs) reading the rules, like, you know, try to mail in your ballot as early as possible. Like give yourself as ample time as you need, because this is just like already just on top of already this fraught system we're dealing with. We've got this retrograde like coming in to fuck shit up. Yes. Like not the time, but (laughs) not the right time, but I think we've all been feeling it the past few years, especially. But when you look back, the past two decades have been incredibly transformative in our country's history. And it makes sense because since 2008, whether we knew it or not, we've been in our Pluto return. So since it started, we've seen things like the election of Barack Obama, the U.S. financial market crash, the Affordable Care Act. And then we also had protests for Michael Brown and George Floyd and even witnessed deep political polarization with the election of WWE superfan Donald Trump. D-titty, D-titty. Do <laughs> um, I hate that? So, sorry. Um, again, like, yeah, racism is like historically a dark spot in American history. Like there have been all these things kind of that tried to deny it. And now people are like, you know, it's, it's emerging with such ferocity at this time. Um, and with Pluto and Capricorn, it's like really highlighting the structures of stuff. Um, and people are just having like, it's just, okay. So it's bringing to the surface, all the darkness and decay that's gone unseen in our biggest corporations and government structures. It's just like, really like, it's kind of like psychotherapy for America. Um, and a lot of people aren't liking it or, you know, they're taking their opinions to Twitter instead of, um, Capitol Hill. And this is a big deal because the United States is known for being a free and equal country for everyone who comes here. But the truth is kind of revealing that things are different. So Pluto is bringing to surface these uncomfortable truths of racism and classism that exist here. Yeah, the truth is coming out and it's not pretty. Things are brutal right now. Like they just are. And so I guess I'm wondering how much longer is this going to last? The Pluto return will go basically until 2024. Um, So expect things to, you know, get a little more weird, not only in the United States, but also around the world. And following that, um, it's not going to get necessarily better easier because we have the Uranus return in Gemini and this historically coincides with again the uh civil war and um the revolutionary war the civil war and world war ii I'm not saying that a war will happen but I mean it'll fuck shit up um and then it'll make things better so if you have a god please pray for us all God. But I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm not just, I'm just an astrologer. I'm just uh, noting themes. Uh, so in general, 
it's tough right now, but Pluto is telling us that these old, like, dusty-ass ways of doing things that we've done for so long, they're just not working. So these things have to come to an end to make way for new ideas. After all, Aquarius is not the age of Aquarius for us, is not that far away. And that'll usher in new ideas and a focus on equality. So the challenge is for us right now is that change isn't always easy and not everyone wants it or wants to accept a new way of doing things, especially if they're benefiting from them right now. Right. So I guess what I'm hearing is that shit is about to get even weirder and wilder, potentially more dangerous, but hopefully it will be for the best. And, you know, that's all we can hope for. I'm trying to like dig deep into that optimistic Sagittarius in me, but it's been really difficult. But that, my friends, is officially a wrap on season one. Can you believe this? Wild. Look at us go. Look at us. (laughs) Kind of crazy. But we'll be taking a break for a few weeks to plan for season two. We might have something spooky up our sleeves for Halloween. You'll just have to wait and see. But even though we're taking a break from recording, we'll still be coming up with that hot ass astro content and whatever deranged memes are rattling around in Dana's brain. So So many. true so follow us at allegedly astrology on instagram and reddit and at allegedly astro on twitter yes um and please leave us a five-star review um and subscribe at whatever podcast platform you listen to and you'll be on top of that shit when we come back for season two with more hot takes yes thank you As we go out, <laughs> I feel like it's eighth grade. Eighth grade? Yeah, I guess this high school never ended for us. We're still, <laughs> yeah, we're still fucking in it. Still friends.